first. No, no, no. All that, I, you're missing what I'm saying. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to give you the devil's advocate position for the argument that you're arguing against. Okay. And now you're you're doing a loop-de-loop no, I'm to just try to out-argue something that you, that you weren't talking about initially. No, I... I... So Jordan Peterson is a psychologist, a clinical psychiatrist, I I, I want to say. He makes reference to that sometimes. Yeah, he's definitely clinical. I think, yeah, he must be a clinical psychologist. And he is a Harvard, former Harvard guy, Canadian, uh, I think teaches at University of Toronto. And he wrote... Toronto. 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 (laughs) Toronto. Toronto. He has such a funny voice. So uh, yeah, we yeah. need to talk about that because, like, that it is, sounds like he's crying. It sounds like he's time. about he's to like, cry all the time. He's like, I, you know, I always, I always say that he sounds like somebody that's criticizing waitstaff at a restaurant. <laughs> that's what he sounds like all the time. Like, like he's so, kind of like a little bit like nervous about. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's upset about his soup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's just he perplexed goes, as to why it's the service this, is so this bad. Is, it's cold soup, so yeah. you know. Yeah, you know yeah. that voice where it's like someone's not used to yelling at people. Yeah, and yeah. Are kind of like, oh, I, 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 I don't understand. Yeah. I'm not yeah. used to inserting myself. Yeah, which is part of his appeal exactly. because if he didn't sound like such a like nervous cuck, yeah. he would be you know destroyed oh, by absolutely. the left. But yeah. the left like they they like simp- yeah. they're like oh we can't hate. Well, this he's guy. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah and he's so nice. Yeah. And he sounds like so stressed out by saying these things that it's like, oh, guys, I really, I don't, I don't want to bring this up, guys, but I think that, guys, uh, it's like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. You know? yeah. And I always hear, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, so he's a he's a clinical psychologist, and he rose to fame because uh, they started instituting these really hardcore tyrannical rules. Uh, at University of Toronto or somewhere, you know, you can. We I think it was Canada. It was the Canadian it's, government. It's, is, is I think that's upcoming. The Human Rights Code or oh, whatever it's called is, is these names. Is, yeah. is the the law that they're talking about. Yeah. that's the most disturbing part. Which me, which basically says that you have to say the gender pronoun, whatever gender pronoun somebody decides. So if they want to be fucking salamander. X, uh, yeah. you have to call them Salamander. Salamander X, X is actually kind of yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of <laughs> sweet. no. So uh, you have a better negative example. Yeah, J. That's an awesome name. I'm a, I want a law written to have me called that. Salamander X, J, Zo, Z, whatever the fuck, and he refused. He said, "I am not going to call people these names." Yeah, and you know the fucked up thing about this is it's a it's a very hard thing to argue yourself out of in any sort of intellectual way because it is like okay if somebody just wants you to call him that fucking name just, what just, just call him exactly, the name exactly. so but Jordan Peterson rose to power because he basically figured out a way how to intellectually defend his decision to not play into this bullshit which i think we all know we should not play into there's some reason but it's very hard to articulate why and well, his, he has articulated why. His position is also, he's also said, I'll, you know, if somebody asks me to call them something, I will call them that, but you can't force yeah. me. Which yeah. I think is the real key. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, if someone's like, I'd prefer to be called he, I'm like, I don't. I yeah. think it's like, that's the thing. It's like, I just, I will. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not like, <laughs> not like Gavin McInnes here. I'm going to like make a point. Like, no, yeah. why? Yeah. You know, what's the purpose? I think he opposed basically being mandated. Correct. The just, law yeah. that you, the language yeah. police, if you say the wrong thing, you're going to be yeah. sanctioned, yeah. which is 
and that is a line that we can't cross. And, you know, he does, he has this great thing where it's like, you know, somebody gets really close to you and you take a little step back and they get closer. You take another step back. And the next thing you know, you're against the wall and you can't move at all. But you, but you moved, you know, willingly every time. Every time. Because it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And then suddenly it is a big deal. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, the problem with that argument is it's slippery slope, right? And when you get into the slippery slope, it's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, we're going to be marrying our dogs next, right? You fucking asshole conservative. And it's hard to fight against that. However, what's amazing about Jordan Peterson is he kind of grounds his whole ideology in this mass mass not mass but just this really broad based psychological slash historical slash Jungian archetype based framework for seeing the world yeah and it kind of spits out this new right wingism that I think is so appealing to so many people because it makes a lot of sense well people don't want to be told yeah you have to say, you can only say these things. And I think that cuts across a lot of lines. Like people don't like being told you have to talk this way. And his other argument, that one video he has is, uh, you can't force me to respect you. Like I cannot, you know, I can respect you because you've built that with me, but you can't tell me that I have to respect you. That's not the way that it works. And that has a baseline appeal for pretty much anybody. Yeah. yeah. And I think you know. that also, I mean, it's reflected kind of in the American conservative thing where it's like America, they take all these surveys, we donate more money than like anybody. Ever, right. Right. But whenever they're like, so socialists like, well, let's just make that formal. It's like, no, like don't fucking tell me who to give money to. I will willingly give money to people, yeah. but you can't tell me who to give money can't to. force me. Right. To and so yeah. it's like, it's that similar thing. And I think there's like, uh, if, if you're a religious person at all, or, you know, Jordan Peterson is basically a religious person that yeah. has a lot of Jungian justification to like live in a not religious world. Um, but you, you see that there's a moral difference between choosing to do right and being mandated to do right. Right. You know what I mean? So th- I think there's a little bit of that in Jordan Peterson as well. Definitely. Definitely. And this sort of connects into the larger conversation we were just having in his grounding politically for issuing this, SJWism, our political correctness, is that our archetype for evil is Hitler. Whereas there was another person who was basically more evil than Hitler, if we're talking about body count, which Quite was Stalin. Quantitative, yeah, quantitatively. Yeah, yeah. At the same time. atrocity. Yeah, whereas Stalin gets a pass from us. Yeah. You know, we don't, we never... Don't forget Mao. Yeah, or yeah. Mao. You know, we, these guys killed just as many people with the insane kind of insane unnatural ideology it was just based on a different slightly different type of resentment than hitler right and they killed just as many people and we saw genocide and many, after many genocide. times more yeah right? i mean look at what happened in you know cambodia is the best example yeah you know they basically killed all the smart people because they didn't like them if you, you had know? glasses I yeah yeah you know you were dead done yeah. and you half the country died i mean i've been to cambodia it is a fucking crater man i mean that place is destroyed you know i mean they were like slamming babies against trees and shit you know communism kills yeah yeah communism kills. and look i mean again i'm not saying communism is evil but if that type of resentment ended up destroying so many countries at a certain point you gotta start 
saying, all right, well, maybe that's something we should also worry about. Just like we should worry about racism, maybe we should also worry about this sort of ultra-egalitarian Ultra egalitarian ideas where, oh, if some one if that person has more power than that person, we have to come in and close that gap. Yeah, we have to yeah. snap it shut immediately. And that's kind of what's happening with tall poppyism taking. Yeah, exactly. Extreme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's wait, what's tall poppyism? Well, I mean, if you have a whole bunch of poppies and one slightly uh higher, you snip the tallest. You snip poppy. the yeah. tallest poppy. Yeah. And it's like that's terrifying. You know, I mean, that's that's scary. If you're starting to say, oh, because the, the white people in general have this much power, historically, they all deserve to be handicapped in some way. And so this is like... That's a, how people start getting killed eventually. And that's sort of his thing. Yeah. is like, you don't realize how close we are yeah. to shipping all the white people off into the fucking... You know, shipping the powerful white pe- men into a crate somewhere and saying like, oh, you guys need to work in the fields because, oh, historically you have power, you know? Is that his position? I haven't heard that. Yeah. That end of it. I've more heard about the, you know, the the, the speech codes and, and... Well, that's a manifestation. Right. Yeah, I, I think know? that he... Right, because the, the, the speech code thing is it's very easy to paint that as a preference. Yeah. Meaning I just prefer not to do that yes. you know, and I shouldn't be like made to do that and that I think has some legitimacy uh, as a sort of anarchistic person myself I'm like yeah. I just don't want to be fucking told what to do like don't yeah. tell me what to do that though doesn't resonate with people enough I think and so what Isaac is saying is by grounding it in that kind of like broader historical understanding of like this is where this has led in the past sure uh, we need to realize that and sort of realize that we're all on the same road yeah. you know? and the reality is we're you're always on that road, right? I mean, you're always, the government is always, this is my anti-statist shit. It's like, you know, the government's always holding you down in some way, yeah. right? It's ludicrous to think that there's some, that there's some total uh, uh, libertarian fantasy where the government doesn't impinge upon you whatsoever, right? So it's just, it, there should be a dialectic about it. There shouldn't just be like, everything should be accepted and, and that road should be gone down, you know, unilaterally, I think. I think that's partially what, he does by grounding it in that historical thing as opposed to just a preference thing, which is what the, I think the more libertarian conservatives would say. It's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Right. I like a lot of his videos. I mean, his voice annoys me and I can only, his wardrobe annoys me. (laughs) Like his weird, like blazer and crew neck shirt. It's sort of like Canadian, like broke Miami vice. You know, that's kind of what I, I listen, I'll be at work and I'll have his videos on and then I'm like, all right, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I to, yeah. uh, but I like, he, one, of, one of the videos I really liked was about how it's important, and this is something I don't follow because I'm a slob, but he says it's important to clean your room <laughs> because it, it, it makes you start doing change locally. If you yeah. want to change something and make it better, it's, you know. Don't march in the street. The, go home, clean your room yeah. first. <laughs> then go, see how you like feel. It's like the most bad thing to yeah. <laughs> But I like it because it's true. Uh, yeah, it's totally true. You know, anytime I clean up my apartment, uh, when I'm done, I'm like, oh, I feel yeah. I feel pretty good Absolutely. about this. Absolutely. And I like, I like a lot of his uh, psychological perspective on that stuff. I can't understand his religious stuff. It doesn't make 
sense to me. I don't like. I haven't him. listened to a lot of it, so I don't. He know. he did two podcasts with Sam, Sam Harris, Harris, so I listened to the second one. And the first one is like unlistenable, yeah, I because heard. they argue about what truth means oh, God, for Sam an Harris. hour. Dude, Sam Harris is not. I'm not. A Sam you don't like Harris a Sam fan. Harris fan? I love Sam Harris. Really? Yeah. I feel like just being like. <laughs> Like an atheistic, like fedora merchant, like sort of '90s atheist. I'm like, dude, just shut up. Dude. I mean, you, I mean, it's like, it's like, dude, we all, we live. Uh, now I'm gonna do my anti-atheist shtick, so just stop me. But it's like, it's like, <laughs> no, we live in the most atheistic society that has ever lived. Oh yeah, has ever existed, and like, we're not that much the better for it, in my opinion. I think the world is actually worse. Western culture is worse for being a religious. I think. Um, now we can argue about Christianity and this and that. But the, the idea that the only way to fix our problems is more atheism, I think, is just sort of is ludicrous. Um, anyway, that's my Sam Harris anti. But I think Sam. Har- I don't want to speak for Sam Harris because he'll say much. <laughs> Actually, mu- mu- <laughs> much better and and more calm. Yeah, than he I just will. talks. So he talks calmly. very measured tones. Yeah. He, he does make me sleepy too. He also annoys me <laughs> for the opposite reason than Jordan Peterson. I just yeah. imagine the auditory experience of hearing them arguing. Oh my well, God. So, it's such a fascinating thing because they're basically just shitting on each other for like an hour and a half but they're shitting on each other in the most academic like of ways. Yeah. yeah, they're basically saying, no, you're an idiot. And it's yeah. not... But they're like, well, actually, if you have read blah, blah, oh, blah, God, you yeah. would know that the framework here is blah, blah, And it's blah. not a personal It's not a personal argument. Like, yeah. I think they're fine with each other. Uh, but I think Sam Harris's argument is that, you know, religious doctrine would also include, uh, as discussed, Mao and Stalin. That they also oh, follow... So he thinks all collectivist abstraction. Any kind of dogma that purports to know exactly how the world functions both in this world and the next is dangerous because you claim access to truths that you don't actually have access to. And the way to judge the world is objective. What is objectively true and not what I am representing God or I'm representing the people or any of that. I think that would be what his argument is. I mean, if you, if you define religion as that, then I can, but I mean, usually when people make that argument, they're like, well, the Crusades, I'm like, well, the Great Leap Forward. Well, you know, the liquidation of the Kulaks. Well, you yeah. know, the Cambodian massacres. Yeah. Those all, those people are all explicitly anti-religion, right? I mean, the idea that communism is somehow better than religion no. to me on, on, like I said, the quantitative atrocity scale yeah. just doesn't make sense. But if he, inc- then I, that's a bit more nuanced argument because I haven't heard that. That is his, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say that's his perspective. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, though, that Sam Harris is sort of, he seems in so enthralled with this idea of atheism. And it's kind of, you're right, it's like, it's just not that interesting an idea. <laughs> I don't think he's enthralled with atheism as he is anti-religion. Yeah, anti-organized Anti-organized. But to me, that's even less that's, interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like, that. hasn't that already been walked through a million times? I mean, his, his argument is no, that we still need to go further. We still suffer from... Strip it down. Because to me, it's like, that just leads to the future where we all live in pods and, you know, buy, you know, whatever we can on Facebook... You yeah, because ultimately, without any kind of God, there is no morality, right? I mean, well, I mean, that's, what, well, he, he would argue that that's not the case at all. That that's. But then it becomes this very okay. So herein basically lies the problem. If every okay, if there's no morality, everything is then ultimately there is morality. It's will to power, my friend. Yeah, sure. Don't forget your Nietzsche. Well, yeah, but, but Nietzsche, <laughs> Nietzsche is certainly not an atheist. Well, I th- see, know? and this is where you really get like deep, right? Is that if by atheism we mean no personal God, 
then I think a lot more people would be like, yeah, okay, well, atheism, yeah, right? Like pagan, extreme paganism would be atheistic, really, because there's no like guy with a beard in the cloud saying, you know, don't sleep with your mom. (laughs) (laughs) But but, um, there's also the atheism where there's no transcendence whatsoever, right? And everything is material. And we're just here for a, a blink of an eye and then we die like dogs and nothing fucking matters which is a different, you know, so I don't know in what sense people are atheists. Yeah, right? I mean, sure. Because I think Nietzsche is an atheist in the sense of that he thinks there's no God, right? But I'm not sure that he's an atheist in the sense of no transcendence because there is a life beyond you that you participate in as part of, you know. Well, but isn't somebody like Sam Harris basically saying that there isn't? And And here's the weird thing is that people like Sam Harris are in a way more moral the the neoliberal oh, code yeah. is well, Sam Harris is not a neoliberal it, he's not no what is he does he believe in human rights as the fundamental yeah that's the thing it's this whole framework. peter singer who's another one of these yeah. philosophers is like human rights are the most important thing for utilitarian Who made them up? reasons oh, some nerds in the EU. yeah it's yeah like, and it's, it's like, like oh this is the most important it. thing and it's yeah it's this whole idea that everybody you know, every woman has a right to have an abortion, and every individual has person right to internet now. I yeah, has a, has these rights that they need to have, and if you're infringing them, then you are basically, you know, the evil side, right? right. I mean, don't you think Sam Harris falls in that category? I or don't no? think so. I mean, I'm not. I haven't read Sam Harris's books. Yeah, I only have yeah. kind of a surface knowledge yeah. of Sam, but I don't think that's his perspective. Uh, I think Sam Harris would argue regarding morality that you can't. You can't say that morality flows only from religion because why do you not kill somebody? Do you not kill somebody because you'll get in trouble with God or do you not kill somebody because you don't want to kill somebody? Well, there, or there's, there's the middle answer of there's social repercussions to killing somebody. Right. right? It's just, but just is, like, that, is that why you guys... Bummer for your it, day. Well, okay, let's well, test this. Let's test this out. So I read something on the internet the other day that was... We're all great morality <laughs> stars. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That was, it was one like, of us is going to be murdered. No, I like this idea. Yeah. So, you know, 1400, God says it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> 20th century, human rights says it's wrong. Like 21st century, internet says it's wrong. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. The, the masses. Yeah. No. So it, it was a thing on Reddit that was like a set. It was in our sex. It was a question asking our sex. And it was a guy saying, I've had a sexual relationship with my brother for like our oh, whole You've been lives. wanting to talk about this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> He's been trying to. Put this in. Yeah, and, yes, he has. You're not so, wrong. So you ain't wrong. Uh, and the, basically, the guys was fucking his brother. They were just like, "Oh, we can't stop fucking. We just love fucking so much." And you know, our parents don't know, and it's fucking weird, and blah blah blah. And we feel so much guilt over this. But like, what should we do? No. And so the Jordan Peterson answer here is that there is some. We are buckled into something metaphysical, and we sort of manifest that through these dominance hierarchies, which are connected in somehow to the spiritual world, and the revulsion that we feel when we hear that story, the natural revulsion that tells us, no, 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 no. Against incest, essentially. It's like, like, no, you're like, fuck that. You can't do that. Like, yeah. stay the fuck away from each other. That is not cool. Yeah. No way. Right? Yeah. He would say that's natural and good, and we should follow that. That's a reflection of something deep. Of something real and, like and moral. Idea. Yeah, it's something yeah. moral. And I agree with that. 
the Sam Harris approach, and I think the other approach would say, well, insofar as there is no victim here. And I people were saying this to me on the internet. I was commenting. I was like, dude, how, no. how <laughs> much... Stop doing that. Isaac Move says. away. How much commenting were you doing? I just said, like, look. <laughs> I love all these people I on here. You weighed in. You're like, dude, if, these, yeah. if I don't weigh in, these kids are going to. Yeah. They're going to keep fucking. <laughs> and I was like, all these people on this thing are telling you, like, as long as there's no victim, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Worry about it. Yeah. Move away from each other. Forget this ever happened. Move on with your life. Right. But all the people were saying, you fucking asshole, insofar as this doesn't hurt anybody, mind your own goddamn business. This has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with your community or blah, blah, blah. And I just cannot fucking accept that. I cannot accept that. I I don't think that would be Sam Harris's position. I think Sam Harris would say, biologically, we would be... uh, We're repulsed by that because uh, years of evolution have taught us that you should not have sex with close family members because you'll produce But you won't produce anybody offspring. when you're fucking a guy. It doesn't matter. It's still a biological imperative not to want to do that. Okay. I don't think Sam Harris would argue that, that because, you know, there was consent and everybody was cool. Yeah, I mean, because that that's, be that's okay. the danger yeah, but, of the but, human rights position is that basically it becomes a legalistic thing, right? Yeah. And if it's legal, then do it. You right. Know? And it's like... You're never gonna be able to account for everything that way, yes. and like the thing you could always say is like slavery was at one time legal. Yeah, does that mean that it was moral right. while it was legal? Well, no, but how do you struggle out of this situation? Because even still, even if yeah, sure, we maybe have this biological imperative to tell us that this is gross, just like we have a biological. Some of us have a biological imperative to tell us homosexuality is gross, right? Because right. for some reason. Sure, we have this biological imperative, but the human rights thing would say if they're not bothering anybody and this is what they want to do, why is it wrong? How do you tell them not to do this? Well, I mean, that's I think that's a different question. Yeah. Like whether or not it's wrong is one thing. You can give them all the advice you want from your point of view, right? But I mean, this would be the anti-moral position, right? Is that trying to impose that on someone else is the is the the big sin? I'm not sure that I believe yeah. that, right? Um, but certainly there are schools of thought that believe that, and that's kind of where you get the the hyper-moralism of Christianity has stuck around in the sort of post-Christian era as this sort of moral police, um, both pro and anti this kind of thing. I mean, like a lot of the problems that we deal with, quote unquote, political problems are people wanting other people to live a certain way, right? Where does that come from? I thought we got rid of Christianity. I mean, like you, I think the idea was we'd get rid of Christianity as our dominant force and we'd all just sort of, you know, smoke opium and like dance <laughs> poppy fields and shit, but we didn't, right? We still spend most of our time hunting down people on the internet. And moralizing. Exactly yeah, moral. yeah, the more it's just a different code. Yeah, yeah. Sure. There's a... It's interesting around this topic, there's been this drama happening in Olympia, and I'm only aware of it because I know some people that live there. And Evergreen College is in Olympia. Oh, yeah, I heard about Have this. Have you been following about yeah, this? Yeah. Brett Weinstein uh, is this professor there, and uh, they were going to have this day at Evergreen where they didn't, where white people were not going to go. Is this going to be a safe space for P- all the white bros? Like, fuck yeah, for, for POC, <laughs> stay home and play beer pong. And <laughs> Brett, and this professor named Brett Weinstein wrote a letter to I think one of the people organizing it or something. And he was basically like, I don't understand the the purpose of this. Seems convoluted to me. It would make more sense if you have a day where people of color don't 
come yeah. and you show what that lack of people of color will mean. But to have this thing where people are not able to come into school seems counterproductive. And this guy is fairly liberal dude as far as I'm Those aware. Those are the guys that get eaten the first. Yes. Like the guys who are. Yeah, and it's been a huge, there's all these protests and they want him <laughs> suspended and they claim <laughs> that amazing. he's racist. And <laughs> I can't, yeah. and I, the email that I read did not read racist at all yeah. to me. It read very reasonable and there's people that claim there's other emails that exist that have racism, <laughs> but I haven't yeah, seen Yeah, I read them. the, I read the email. So that, that thing was in line with, you know, that kind of weird orthodoxy you know where like this guy's operating from racist perspective well no but i mean seemed... this is exactly what jordan peterson is fucking talking about yeah yeah okay so today oh yeah no white people allowed on campus today you know <laughs> that then do you and then you're a little bit closer back to that wall and then then what's next oh uh we don't hire white people anymore because of historical inequality and you know to come in line with the 14th amendment really we shouldn't ever hire white people at all you know yeah and then what happens? Well, I mean, you know? the, the, the reason that happens, right, it's interesting, is to go, if you want equality between people that are alive now, right, that's one form of equality. But it seems like there's also like this sort of like historical equality, meaning that over the balance of history, yeah, right, we need to have had that balance this out, yeah. which is insane. Because what you can't, what, are we, when do we start the clock? It's this that's whole abacus <laughs> thing. This abacus thing is fucking ludicrous. I mean, it's... I mean, what abacus thing? The, the, the whole idea Isn't of like... metaphorically? Like, oh, the black, okay. the black <laughs> thing is here. I and was uh, like, I thought there was something about actual... No. You know, I mean, because like, this is the first I've heard some of this wacky shit. So I'm like, there's yeah. an abacus scandal? Yeah, it's an abacus <laughs> Yeah, it was actually invented by black it's people. Co- it was cultural right. appropriation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah oh, yeah. no, dude. But yeah, I mean, that's a complicated one, right? Because I think the Arabs did the abacus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's complicated. Um, um, no, that's an interesting point. I, I think my take on Jordan Peterson's campus woes... Versus his actual point. I mean, this stuff is, uh, I, I think basically people don't realize the cl- the climate of being on one of those campuses and how these sorts of mobs get themselves all worked up. Um, and I think he's trying to talk sense into them and it's just never going to work. And I think that there's other problems with the university system that are even more... De- I mean, my take on the university system is it needs to be done away with. Um, and there's other deeper reasons that aren't this. This is just sort of like another thing on a pile of terrible things that are going on. Um, so I think he's, his idea that he's going to talk sense into these people and they're going to listen to him... I no, think no, because that's not what it's, it's about. It's not going to work. Yeah, and I mean, that's not what they want. They don't want yeah, sense. Well, they exactly. want power. Yeah, you know, And that's, exactly that's what, what this is. is about. That's exactly what and is. he knows that. Yeah. He knows that, but at least he's, I think, standing up at an important time. Because if people don't stand up, yeah. then it is just going to, we're going to wake up and it's going to be fucking gulags again. You know I mean? There's going to be something. <laughs> we're only one step away from the gulag. We are really not far from it, man. I mean, it's like, you know, you have the, you have bad shit going on. I mean, I was so pissed off by that Eric Clanton thing. I can't even tell you. The what? professor oh, who yeah. was hit the pe- going around that rally, hitting people in the head with a fucking bike lock. Was that proven to be? Yeah, him? he got arrested. Okay. Yeah, so nice. it was proven to be him. I mean, it took weeks. The media didn't report it Four at all. But you know, there's videos. Consuming all the Cheetos in the world. Yeah, just yeah, powering, yeah, that, yeah, powering it through. But it's like that is fucking insane to yeah. me. Um, but I, I think it's interesting to kind of. Uh, so I was in graduate school before I saw the light, and uh, so I observed a lot of this stuff 
firsthand. Yeah, um, no, I teach a thing at, in a college and I see this you stuff see it. all and, the time. And it's interesting to see like how it got that way. And I think that it's deep. That's the thing that I don't think people understand is that this is not some new thing. Really what happened is you have the, the 1968, the, there's some name in French, but the 68 generation, right? Um, of like these radicals and they basically have these wannabes that are the people that live that control academia now that feel like they missed out on their chance at being at the barricades essentially and they've been just sort of they are now the dominant force in academia and they've and and the thing about academia is you cannot get these people out like they are they control oh academia. yeah they're in it and so, they're so brainwashed yeah exactly it's, it's... And, and they and the what they've done is they've perverted intellectualism to become basically a morality, right? They, they, what they want are people that they can tell what is wrong and then sick those people on this thing. Right? Yeah. And so this is why, you know, they are the new priests, right? They're the people that are telling you, here's the table of values yes. that you shall enforce and, you know, go enforce them. Yeah. And so the question is, do we need that? Should we be paying for that? I mean, I, I certainly don't want to pay for it. I, I'm, I'm well, especially no. when it's operating against us. You know, it's like I'm literally paying these people to, <laughs> to hate me. To, to hate me. You know, I'm paying these people to be taught how to dismantle me and hate me. And, and I think that I'm not like, clearly I'm not a fan of the way the United States is now. Like I'm not like, I'm not going to sit here and say there should be no critique of our society at all. It's just that when you make it so it's just an activist thing and there's no discussion of why it is the way it is and whether or not this is the best course of action. That's where I really take issue with both. Well, and we're also lying to ourselves. I mean, it's, I remember the, the, really the beginning of this, a, a major sparking incident for me in this whole thing. I was talking to my cousin, 18 year old, or she was in high school at the time, you know, rich Jewish girl from the suburbs of Illinois has no. been given everything in her entire life. And she went to the really wealthy white high school that was nearby the high school I went to, which was a, still a very good high school, but it was the black high school. This is Evanston and Nutrier. You guys have probably heard of these maybe. I don't know. Mm. So Nutrier is this legendarily good private school in the suburbs of Chicago, not a public school in the suburbs of Chicago. She went there. We were having like a Facebook conversation and she was talking about standardized test scores and I said to her, well, you know, like uh, something about um, differences, racial differences in standardized test scores or something like that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, those are just a result of structural historical oppression. Structural, structural inequality. And I was just like, wait, How did you what? learn these? Yeah, like, I, was like, I, was like, well, I was like, I couldn't even understand how you could even arrive at that conclusion. Yeah. And then she, I realized what she was talking about is that because black people are black and they grow up being black and they are like looked at in stores, that's always the example that they use, that makes them worse at taking tests, which is certifiably insane. That's a very deep argument. I, I mean, that's, that's, me that's just not true. I, I mean, think, it's I, I not think you're, true. I think, to play devil's advocate, I think that you're simplifying the, the structural inequality argument. You want to say st tests are made by white people and therefore black people are worse than them? I completely agree. Yeah, I, I completely agree with well, that. I think but that's... don't tell me that because black people grow up black... That I, means that they have a harder time taking the... Like I don't, somehow th they're I don't think the argument is that because they're looked at 
at stores that that's why they're not good at taking tests. I think it's, it's a little, well, j- if you're going to make an argument about that argument, don't state well, it. So I mean, what I think is interesting though, is that if you, so just, if, obviously silly, if, if you, I mean, if you're taught the conclusion of this argument without being rehearsed through the argument and you know what I mean? And, oh, I agree. So this is what I, this is the problem that I would have about all kinds of stuff. Right? Sure. Is that, if you're just transmitting to someone, here's the outcome of my convoluted argument. Right. And if you don't believe this, yeah. then you're an evil person. Yeah. Right? That is ultimately the problem. Yes. Right? Because then you are substituting morality for thought, no. which is what I really, really have a problem with. Right. right. Well, I was just pointing out to Isaac that the argument is not because black people are looked at in stores. So what is the argument? Fashion. I mean, what... I, I would assume, I'm not speaking on behalf of this issue because I don't know much about it. I would assume the issue is that uh, someone could argue that uh, black people generally are in uh, less uh, high quality high schools. They don't receive the same quality of instruction. No, but the differences are not, again, this is the bell I, curve. Again, right? uh, I don't want to get into arguing the bell curve. I'm just telling you the argument is not just these surface things about getting dirty looks in stores and other stuff like well, that. The why structure can't... of their education is what is being said to be lesser than their uh, their co-white students. But why can't it just be as simple as Some this is a white culture? Well, first of all, I mean, this is a white culture. So we define intelligence with these very oh, white yeah. these very white ways yeah. of defining intelligence. These tests were developed by white I people. Think, I think that's for in the argument people, too. I right? think that's the, the yeah, but it's, see, if you stop there, then well. there's that makes some logical sense. But when you're going around saying that black people have some imputed inferiority that when it comes to actually writing the test, they've been convinced that they can't take the test as well as other people. That is fucking horrifying. I don't don't know that that's the exact argument. I think you're, I think you're straw manning a little bit. Mm, There's a little straw man. I mean, it it seems like though the, the, the whole argument on standardized testing, I mean, this is, this is like something that like can go on for a long fucking time. Sure. It just seems like the, the argument Here, get, about, don't go oh, sorry. Yeah, the yeah. argument against about people re- receiving okay now maybe it really it's like right people in geographic locations that tend to be of different ethnic groups because that's how people generally right, right congregate right in which case you have instruction based on the quality of their tax income right which is which is the argument that saying basically the lower the tax bracket of your neighborhood, the worse your instruction is going to be and et cetera and so forth. Right. Is that basically what you're saying is the, I'm saying that that is probably what the argument is rooted but that's, in is that the structure of their educate of the, let's say the structure of this group of black people's education is, is not as sound as the structure of this. I mean, group but that doesn't work because they, these things have been controlled for. That's the whole thing. These things have all been controlled for and the differences are but, still but there. This is what, see, this is what you always do is you, you, you make a point and then you shift the goalposts <laughs> I to try to that. argue around. You started by talking about black people feeling upset because they get dirty looks in stores, and now you're telling me about controlled experiments and so forth. No, no, no. All that, I, you're missing what I'm saying. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to give you the devil's advocate position 
for the argument that you're arguing against, okay. and now you're you're doing a loop de loop. No, I'm to just try to out argue something that you that you weren't talking about initially. No, I. That's are not you saying true. your cousin is your true. cousin did not have access to the control the the the, the whole. Uh, no, she literature. did. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is she did have access to it, and that's why she has to do this, this fiction. Well, so, so, that's so what was you the, see? That's why she has to do the fiction because well, well, she does why, have that. Data. So, so what was this gonna like? What was the impact on her life of this information? Do you know what I mean? Like did the impact take- is that she has been taught that just because of the color of your skin, you automatically carry. This burden or that yeah, burden. Yeah. If you're white, you carry a yeah. privilege, and if you're black, you carry a negative. Yeah, I mean, well, the, and which is exactly—it's fucking mind blowing. Well, it's exactly, exactly what, what we exactly—that <laughs> exactly. is racism. Yeah, that yeah. is yeah, racism. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, this and is so the Democrats it's, are the real racist argument. Right? Yeah, exactly. By basically, there is an implicit race. I mean, wait, who did, who said that? The Bill Clinton had a, the implicit something of low standards. He had some. Yeah. I forget what it was. But, but I mean, that's, that's the. That is right. She is a racist. She's going around thinking, oh, black people, because of the color of their skin, black people are not as capable yeah. as white people. And white people are more capable because of the color of their skin. That's what she's going around. That's what she's being I mean, taught. I that's like the end yeah. point is what you're saying of that whole yeah. thing. And and that's fucked up. You know, I mean, and the on, that's the only way to scramble out of these genetic differences or these mental genetic differences. Well, I mean, what I, what I keep coming back to though is, I mean, is education in general, the belief in education, um, is predicated on the idea that you can, that nurture is worth more than nature essentially. Right. And this is like, you don't even have to be like racist to think this, right. It's like, I, I just have some abilities, right. And if I get, get enough education, I can improve those abilities, et cetera. And, and even character level stuff, like I'm, I may be a dirt bag, but if I go to the best school, then I will be undirtbagified. It's like, that's just, that is an article of faith ultimately, I think. Um, and that is, if you believe in the kind of tabula rasa, view of humanity where we're just all just meat that can be formed into a president or meat that can be formed into, you know, whatever, then you need to believe in education because education is how you form these people. Right. And that is the thing that I really take issue with because I think that it's led to all these disasters of education that we see all around us. Um, like what? (laughs) The educational system from the top to the bottom is fucked. Yeah. Um, but I think that, one of the big problems is basically intelligent. My, my friend called me an intellectual anti-intellectual one time. And I think that's true. I think intellect is vastly overrated and not really worth that much. I'd rather have a loyal, you know, hardworking friend than a really intelligent dick, you know? Um, so I think it's very overrated. And by having an educational, but educational having the idea of success in life being tied to your, even the idea of talking about standardized tests, I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. Like this whole argument is like, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. Um, It shows that something has gone wrong, I think. And so this is the problem, once again, to go back to a society with no morals, right? If If the idea of your life is to be successful and the way to be successful is to be smart in the way that we've talked about, then you totally lose sight of like being a good person, being a good father, being a good brother, being a good mother, being a whatever, yeah. right? So you've totally shifted the goals of this stuff. And this is why I'm like, this is all, all these problems are secondary to me 
to like religious and technological problems. Like all these problems are just fucking downstream. Yeah, yeah from downstream from the, the sort of crises at yeah. the center. That, which I would I agree with that. Yeah. And so I'm definitely amenable to critiques of Christianity, you know, of specific religions. But the idea that you can have a society whose morality is a law, I think is just, you're, you're just fucked up. It's just never going And that's kind of where you go when you have no rooting in in anything in your metaphysical or in, at in, all. In, yeah. yeah, in yeah. your in your real life surroundings. And this is the kind of thing where, you know, to the frog Twitter's, Twitter's credit, I think it's like these are true, these problems are true not just for white Westerners. It's true for all people, right? It's like all peoples are being sort of dissolved. Um, in a way that's not even good for them. Yeah, right? well, the, it's, the idea it's globalism. That, I mean, this yeah, is where yeah, exactly. we're ultimately where we're headed yeah. towards is a massive battle of globalism versus anti-globalism. Yeah, and, and you better believe I'm on the fucking anti-globalist side. <laughs> I, you know, I, and I think that that's you know that's where we're going. I mean, but don't you think that like a lot of the energy, and I think politics is dumb, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But like the Bernie energy was ultimately kind of an it was there was a disconnect, right? But I think he's an, an anti I do too. No, I completely do. And that's why I liked him. I mean, yeah. I voted for Bernie. Yeah. You know, I voted for Bernie early on. I voted for Trump later. But then, you know, I both of them, to me, are anti-globalists. Yeah. And that's why I voted for them. Yeah. And he, but he was embedded within basically a globalist party. Yeah. And he could not He couldn't really that. do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I would agree I with that, that. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. I voted for Bernie too. Yeah. Do you still have the sticker? I don't I didn't do the bumper sticker thing, but I do have an I voted <laughs> sticker. Yeah. I always like the bumper the Bernie bumper sticker. I mean the Los Angeles starter kit is like Bernie bumper sticker on a Prius. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on your phone at a stoplight. Yeah, in, <laughs> in your gentrifying neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. In Highland Park with exactly. your house. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. All right. So reading list for this episode. Okay. We gotta tell people. Listen to Sam Harris. No. There's two Jordan Peterson Sam Harris episodes. Listen to the, the second, second one because the first, first one's one unlistable. Is unlistenable. And this is something that I think is interesting is that the there is there is a horseshoe here. There's always a horseshoe. Yeah. You know the horseshoe theory, right? Yeah. No. Can you explain the horseshoe? No, you, you explain it. You, explain you know, basically it. it's like it's like these political positions, but I think most intellectual positions, it's sort of like a horseshoe. No. And it's like, if you go far enough around the horseshoe, you become basically... Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is something interesting about... Okay. Biology, by far, is the is the issue of our time. It is the technology of our time. CRISPR, you know, yeah. all yeah. this shit is, is the future. It's also the touch point of a lot of these arguments about racism, yeah. right? They, it really is. So it's like, this is the interesting thing. It's like, this is the, the incendiary... Uh, point. So, but what I think is interesting is like if you believe in uh, in the part of the thing about globalization is getting rid of the idea of real people around you. I think, and it makes you value a sort of virtual morality mm. over the people next to you. Yeah. Right. And this leads to a decline in family and a decline in community. Meaning like I am literally yelling at people on the internet and totally ignoring people next to me. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's like the, the future. And to me, that is like what globalism is all about. And I think that that, that should be scary to people who consider themselves on the extreme left who go to, you know, who I walk by at the farmer's market and whatever, and people who consider themselves to be on the extreme right. Yeah. It's sort of like this, this idea of valuing an abstract thing, a mediated abstract morality over the people around you, I think is terrifying. Yeah. And it's very, 
and I think we're going to kind of wake up into that world. And I think valuing your biology, for lack of a better term, is not that different from liking your community, being around you. And I think this is the kind of thing that one of the worst things about this painting of right-wing ideas as racist just before you even start talking about them is that I think this is something that appeals to all groups of people. Meaning that like I really used to like, uh, I still am into sort of like 70s uh, jazz from LA. Like a lot of these guys were like pan-nationalist, black separatist type guys. And they had really interesting ideas. And a lot of it, I think, is similar to this. You're saying the people around you are important. Your family is important. Totally. You know, and allowing capitalism, techno-capitalism just to dissolve all that is terrible. Yeah. And it's like, I think that the horseshoe has yet to understand itself. But I think that that kind of idea of biology, meaning that your physical body is important, your family is important, these, yeah. your relationship to the environment is important. That sort of coming and understanding that that is opposed to techno-capitalism, Zuckerberg globalism, I think is the is the horseshoe. It's the of crux the, of yeah. the whole thing. I know. I think that's absolutely That's true. my little esoteric. No, <laughs> but it's, you know, black separatists are so similar to the Waco dudes. You oh, know yeah. I mean? That, that they're really almost the exact you familiar, same thing. You're familiar with Hotep, right? Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, I've seen him. No, I've seen him. You mean on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've seen him. No, but it's also yeah. There's like you know there was a lot of these black separatist movements that got totally shut down yeah. and destroyed by the FBI. And, in the and black nationalism, the history of actual black nationalism yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and so that's why I feel like there's something that I mean I clearly don't like being called a racist. I mean, uh, but also I feel like people having that a priori judgment actually prevents them from learning a lot learning of it, things you know, that would kind that of probably would make them good. happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. And, um, so, I mean, that's kind of what I take issue with is that you end up blinding yourself to a lot of different thought. Yeah. Uh, sure. All right. We got to wrap sorry. this up. Um, reading list. So anyway, reading list. to continue the reading list, uh, well, those are a listening list. Read uh, letter to an open-minded progressive by Mencius Moldbug. Uh, I only got about six of 10 <laughs> chapters into it, but um, I'll get there eventually. It's very, very hard to read, but very fascinating. Also, this uh, thing by a guy, I forget the name, but the, the piece is basically called, uh, about the book? Days of Rage. Days of Rage. Days of Rage, Days of Rage David, review. David Hines. David wrote, Hines. David, David Hines. Yeah. He wrote Days of Rage, yeah. but I don't know who did No, that. no, David Hines wrote the review. Wrote the review. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. And then read the Urban article by me and the Frog Twitter article by <laughs> me. Okay. Shut up and sit down.